Beyond. Welcome back, everyone, to a Jed and Gary wrestling podcast. Uh, we do a lot of reviews, previews, outlandish predictions, which is a recent video we've just done and we'll be doing in the future. Uh, many, many more topical discussions for all about AEW. Me and Gary are two British English citizens. And we did stay up last night to watch the show. Very rare that me and Gary managed to do this. And it was fantastic, I believe. Gary, what are your thoughts on it? Absolutely brilliant. The best dynamite that I've seen in months. Was that because of the end or just all of it in general? All of it from the start to the finish. Even though I described it as uh, very predictable during our preview, I still think that it was really, really good to watch the stories unfold. I know what you mean. Um, the predictability part of it, what we discussed, it was it, it was on there when we picked each segment and match coming up bit by bit. But there were some bits on the show. I don't know if it's because I was watching it live or um, next to live, really, because you were watching it live uh, through the American channels and I was watching it on Fire TV, which was a tad bit later, but near enough live to uh, experience all the Twitter feeds and whatnot. But for some reason, I just felt even more thrilled about everything I just watched at the end. There's only one tiny, tiny thing I could pick apart. We'll get into that. Uh, but it's not even major. It's one of them things where, oh, Jed, you're just, you're just basically picking on things now because you need something bad to say about a great show. And I think that's what it's going to be. Um, but overall, Gary, were you shocked by any outcomes that you saw? Yeah, I was shocked by the women's match. I'm glad I you genuine, said that. genuinely thought that Brandy was going to put herself over. <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, I'm happy with the result there, as you know me, Gary. Um, I'm very happy with what happened at the very end of that match as well. But nevertheless, we'll go through each segment one by one. So it started off literally giving us two very well-known names. So the lead-off going from the NBA playoffs into Dynamite, you would have seen the Revival. Uh, against the Flippy Dippy team of uh, Private Party. And for all the older viewers going into the lead-in, you would have seen Tully as well at ringside wearing a really, really nice little jacket for FDR because they had new gear on and whatnot. Um, do you want me to go through the match first, Gary? Is there anything urgent you want to speak about? It? Uh, not urgent. I just want to use the phrase Flippy Dippy, Flippy Dippy, Flippy Dippy. And, oh, look, FTR won. <laughs> yeah it was that at the very beginning it was a fair few flippy dippy moves from a private party it was basically basically bought, uh, Mark Quinn in a lot of the offense into it but FGR they did the usual heel tactics distracting the ref um, taking out the other guy whilst uh, they're not looking through behind the ring etc etc even Tully at one point near the end took away uh, Dax with Cassidy trying to uh, land on top of him but no, one thing I really appreciated halfway through was uh, Private Party were trying to bring the FGR's game to them at some points, like on the mat, with a lot of arm wrestling, um, which was pretty cool. It was a nice little acute story that they had in there. There was one spine buster near the end from Cash, a real whip and rag doll for Mark Quinn, which I really appreciated. And then um, Taz really put it home, saying it reminds him of Owen Anderson as well. And until he drags... Dax out of the way for Cassie to go over the top rope and then the good night express to finish. And it was really, really 
mentioned and drilled down through the commentary stream, the tag ropes as well. But a blinding start to a good match. There was a few tiny, tiny um, parts here and there that were a bit slow, but it needed to be because it's FTR's quite style and they needed to ground private party. But fantastic start to the show. Really, really good. Um, mini, mini, not necessarily barn burner, but a little good fire to start dynamite off and it led into a really, really good night. Yeah, there's not many common companies out there that will put straps to the tag, div- tag division like AEW have done. And it showed the full potential of it in this match. Can I just say, though, there is one slight change I would have made, and it is I would have given the win from the spine buster just <laughs> to drive it home just that extra little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get why they did the um, Goodnight Express because it's just that little wink towards the Rock and Roll Express uh, from last week. And they needed to do it again to Private Party because really there's only one team they're missing. They've destroyed the old timers of Goodnight Express. um, And then they've gone basically to what the young books have called the future of tag team wrestling with Private Party. And now they've just got the books in the side. So it's like the three ghosts of Christmas past for FTR in tag team wrestling. <laughs> You've got the old, the future, and now eventually the present is going to be uh, through the gaze. We will talk about more of them and the young books later on because there's a mini segment that involve them. But no, no, no. I understand where you're coming from with the spine buster because the moment he did it, I had my mouth open and you just got a message off me immediately going, ooh, they've just used a spine buster. But um, no, no, no. It was a really, really good good match. The little stories they told, they just needed to have a good tag team match to start off with. And I really appreciate they used the uh, FTR at the beginning because people going from the NBA, even this um, state of where we are in AEW, we've come to um, an age where it's nearly the first year in the business. And a lot of people still might not know AEW exists as such, or may have a bit of an incline and never seen like the promotional material or the material itself. And because they've done it on that different night, what we were talking about in the preview with the numbers coming into it, is having a familiar team of the Revival FDR, and then having Tully around as well. Just really appreciated. And I think... If the only thing I would have improved on this bit slightly, this is not my little dig, by the way, this is just an on-thought now, is they should have really got JR to speak up a little bit more about himself. Like, hi, I'm JR, I've been through the wrestling, blah, 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 during this match. Just for them people that have come onto it and going, oh, oh JR's on this promotion. We've got, F, uh, we've got Revival on this promotion as well. Oh, and even Tully's around. And they've mentioned Arn Anderson. Um, I might stick around to watch the rest of the show. If they put that forward as well, they might have got that through extra numbers. But that's just me being nitpicky. It was a great start. Yeah, it was. And honestly, I'd never thought of it that way. So well done for picking that up. You, you know me, Gary. I, when, when, it's like when I watch normal films. And uh, when I watch them with my missus as well, she gets a bit annoyed where I pick out things that no ordinary person would have seen. Um, not not saying that you're unusual or I'm unusual or anything, but because I did media studies back in college, I know, a random subject to take as such. It's, they were really drilled into you, like trying to pit a nitpick like sort of things and things that people might not necessarily pick up. And uh, that, that's where it just comes from. But no, 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 it was just good. Private party as well looked 
better than I expected from these as well, because usually we've had a few sloppy doppy, sloppy doppy sort of matches from the flippy dippy, flippy dippy team. Um, I really appreciate what they did there. Cassidy wasn't too strong in as such. He had a really good hot tag. But Mark Quinn was the one that was taking a lot of the moves because they split the ring in the half. The typical tag team uh, measurement they've got out there anyway. But no, I just like the story involved. Yeah, the story is progressing fantastically and it's all building blocks and the building blocks are all falling into place bit by bit and there's a little bit more of the story to be told yet tonight. So on we go to the next segment. With a Mox promo. Um, he literally just came out straight away looking into the camera as usual backstage-esque environment and he was basically saying uh, MGF, he's fun and he's enjoying his good TV um, he directs MGF to speak to his wife who has handed his notes in WWE cough, cough, cough um, about what Mox's problems actually are um, but Mox basically said he doesn't like people that speak about themselves all the time, rubs on him and he doesn't like people that hide behind words so it makes Mox wonder what MGF is hiding Mox confirmed MGF is talented, sickly talented is the word he actually used. And he actually does think he'll be around for the next 25 years, pushing the company on. And he wants the company to succeed because Mox won't be around. He doesn't even know for the, last, the next 12 months. Um, but he mentioned 15 in general. And then he told MGF to move out of his parents' basement and lose his virginity. And um, he will see him uh, all out. And he will use his head to split MGF's head skull right open and um he's coming right after him and he's looking behind his back in that sort of way so what i got out of this promo is moxley is a smart baby face champion and i like smart baby face champions yeah it's his best promo since probably just after his debut i was about to say the kenny omega stuff yeah yeah um, I, I definitely felt more of a connection to his character through this promo, which usually when he's talking, again, I get a bit bored, I switch off. But this one I didn't, and I particularly liked the line where he said, where I'm from in my neighbourhood, the people that talk a lot aren't the people we worry about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, actually, yeah, come to think of it, it's... It's like a dog that just constantly barks, but as soon as you get like a yard be or a meter in front of them, they just shut up and they're like the friendliest dogs in the world. You know, it's it's sort of like MJF is a cocker spaniel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. I, I could I could see the resemblance to be honest. Um, especially when, when he has his promo like after the break, he's wearing a collar on as well. So yes, the resemblance is right there, Gary. Yeah, the the MJF promo as well. Um so I'll just give a few thoughts if you don't mind. Go for it. Um The perfect smarmy heel promo. Get someone else to talk for you and get the baby face to lose his maneuver. 100% spot on booking spot on heel work spot on face work this is what we like 
it is it is um i really appreciate as well that they just give the little break for the breather as well so you came back and um i've seen what aw do now with the shows they put like all their angles in tiny segments even if it's in between or after breaks they still like ram it together and i've always seen that because of the tag team and the women's division but they're doing it here with uh mocks usually they spread it out throughout the night uh but no well, the moment I came back from the break and MGF there had his neck brace on, I knew exactly where this was going. Because for anybody that doesn't remember, I may have forgotten, back in the <laughs> early, early um, MT Rini era, he came on show with his house in the background. I don't know if it was his house or something, but it was a really nice American-like plantation-style type of house, smarmy, I've got a lot of money, and I'm rubbing it in your face type of um look and it was it hangnail you were complaining about <laughs> yeah yeah it was <laughs> yeah and um he was just complaining about that and that's why he couldn't wrestle and i think it was in relation to the jungle boy or the cody angle i'm not 100 percent clear on that one but it was just typical mgf and i really appreciated it and the moment you saw me the neck brace you knew exactly where it was going um i really thought his attorney had a decent promo on him as well because he was quite um what do you call it? Spitting in the face of Moxa Slider is some of the words he was using. He wasn't typical big word, I'm going to outdo you going through all the attorney documents, legislation spiel. It was straight to the point. I'm going to tell you here and there exactly what it is and we're going to go through it. So MGF basically said to him, look at him, look at the state. He does want a family one day and he wants to play with the kids and they really appreciate that he was like... Um, can I play catch, Dad? No, I can't, son. That sort of stuff. I really appreciate that. The Zimmer frame. Yeah. <laughs> and then That's attorney... all I'm going to say now. I'll leave it to the segment. <laughs> and then his attorney um, chimes in with, he believes the paradigm shift is a dangerous move, possibly deadly. And he got, uh, no, no, no. And then he basically said, who's going to be next? Is it going to be Wardlow, the gum guy behind him? I need her with her smile, but really really glued it throughout the promo um they want to ban the paradigm shift they got five million signatures for their petition uh they want to ban it for the aw championship match and because john is a fighting champion man of the people he will sign it and if he doesn't sign it he's gonna sue him and then he mentioned something to do with poo coming out of his hair or something like that I didn't catch the word entirely, but I was just, I was laughing too too much about just MGF with his neck brace on. I didn't catch it entirely. And he said he'll take everything. Um, a really, really good contrast to two promos there from a really good working hard, smart baby face to an absolute slimy heel promo with an extra person for his campaign. Spot on work from AEW with all of it. Yeah, he's definitely a better lawyer than any of the lawyers that have turned up in WWE. Yeah, yeah. You know who I couldn't get out um, my face for? Who are them two bodyguards that Seth Rollins had at one point? The author's pen? No, or no. The, or the Jamie Noble and Joey J&J Security. That's the one. For some reason, that attorney reminded me of one of them. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, I recognise him, but it wasn't. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. Um, and I appreciate that they've added somebody else to his campaign now. Um, they might do it down the line with the championship match where they're going to ban Wardlow from the ringside on top of banning the paradigm shift. But we'll see. It's probably going to be a good session for next week's Thursday show um, leading into 
all out and I uh, can't wait to have them to finish off next week's show. It's going to be really, really good fun. Um, this led into another fun match, I generally believed, a uh, 4v4, Lucha Bros, Butcher the Blade versus the Nightmare. Uh, the night- Why did I put the Nightmare Naturals on my notes? The Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express. I've put, here's it for you, Gary, I've put Lucha Bros, Butcher Blade, versus Nightmare Naturals and Express Jurassic. I think it's because it's late at night, I decided I'm going to flip <laughs> these ones around. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. There's an absolute insight to Jed's mind that usually I'd only get at work. <laughs> uh, why? Putting Brown Jed in instead of Jed Brown. Um, the match started off with a whistle blowing in the middle of nowhere, an invisible whistle that we couldn't hear at all, like a muted and everyone started attacking each other straight off, and the Lucha Bros went over the ring, attacked everybody. Um, at one point, QT were taking chops off the Lucha Bros, and he looked like he was no-selling them. It looked hilarious. Um, Jungle Boy did a move where he missed the Butcher at one point, which was a bit sloppy here and there. Um, the Blade and Pentagon have an argument at the end of the match. It was basically just an adrenaline-thrilled match. There's nothing much I can pinpoint here. Um, but Blade and Pentagon have an argument. Pentagon pushes the blade into a roll-up from Jungle Boy, and it looked like it was going to be a heel versus heel match. But all you know, someone that we forgot had a contract comes walking out, Eddie Kingston. He basically said, chill, guys. We've all been out on the indies. We're now on TNT, so no drama. Um, we only get beat when we divide it up. And then he goes to every individual one and tells them how good they are. How did you think of this angle, Gary? Because I've got a few ideas. I absolutely loved this. I missed the match. I'm going to be honest with you. I missed the match tweeting, right? So I was just finishing tweeting about MJF. <laughs> and I, looked, I turned around and there was the shove and the roll up. And that's all I saw of it. So I can't actually give any opinions on the match itself apart from it was quick. <laughs> yeah, all I can say is adrenaline fueled, <laughs> typical Lucha Bro type of style with Butcher and Blade bringing people down. Very heel work because some of it went into the break. It was a, a good, good match, though. Not as good as the ones you've got with the uh, Young Bucks in them. But it was much better than that orange Jericho 5e5 one we had like two, three weeks ago. Much better. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I, I think that Lucha Brothers and Braxton and the Butcher have um, been working together on Dark as well, haven't they? Yes, they have. So they've been teasing sort of like this four-man team for a little while. And yeah. I, I've, I know that there was the dissension at the end, but it's like in a football match. If you've got two players on the same team getting a little bit angry with each other, that's okay because they know there's a mistake that's been made and they get annoyed by it because they want to win because mm. wins matter. Oh, yes, they do. They do in this company. Right. So then to see Eddie Kingston, who has, if I remember correctly, and I might be wrong, history with all four of these men. Yes. Well, definitely three of them. Right. So seeing him on screen and just the like smarmy little wink that he gave at the very end of the segment. Fantastic. But I do have a question. Go for it. What about the death triangle? I'm glad you brought it up. It was, this is my 
bit of what I liked and I didn't like, my little tiny nit nitpick. I uh, really enjoyed the match. It was just a good filler type of style match. And I appreciate they put it second place and they put it in the beginning end or near the end, the timing and um, of the show. It actually really flowed through really well. But it was the fact that when Eddie Kingston came out, the first person that came in my head was, God, I miss Pac. And I love Eddie Kingston. Um, I, I love his speech style. I love his in-ring work style and his persona. But what I got from this was Eddie Kingston's going to try and bring them together. And it depends on what AEW wants to do now because they've got a way out. They've got Eddie Kingston, if he wants to bring um, a group together. Because I was thinking when Pac comes back and these five, Butcher and the Blade with the Death Triangle, they're going to be amazing. But you've got like, the Four Horsemen like, on the rise as well, which is quite unusual. So Pat kept rushing through my head here. And this is what I didn't want. I didn't want to think about people that I'm missing. A bit like the other weeks, you know, when Britt Baker wasn't on the show and the first person, it was like, that you think, who could make this better? It was like Britt Baker, weren't it? And that's what I felt like in this little segment with um, Pac. Well, Eddie Kingston's might work a bit rambled because he, he, he did come in a little bit, but I appreciate what he's doing. And I really do like it. So we'll now Pac come back, join this group for six men or in sense, feud with Eddie Kingston where he can have the Lucha Bros like the Death Triangle versus Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade because that'll be a really decent heel versus heel match because that's where I thought this would go in at the beginning. I thought it was going to be Lucha Bros versus Butcher and the Blade, heel versus heel, a bit of filler for all out and I wouldn't mind that match at all because you really see the heel versus heel stuff. Or could you use Eddie Kingston now to fill in the role for Death Triangle and have Pat go back into singles fully when he does arrive with his face mask on hopefully with that little persona because we haven't seen him since he did that little segment so tony khan's done a really nice little thing here where he's making us question what's going to happen next and he also has ammo to use if he does want to keep pack away from the group now a bit like with the nightmare collective sweep it under the rug see if we forget about it when some of us hardcore fans will remember but are not bothered that we've not seen it because i know you were really excited for death triangle and for me, Gary, it's 50-50 on, it depends on what they're going to do about it. If they were going to have that trios title instead of the TNT title, I knew exactly where it was going to go down because they're going to have the best friends Orange versus Death Triangle, weren't they? Um, yeah. But no, they have a way out now, which, but it made me remember Pack, which I didn't want at all. Yeah, I still think that they're going to go with Los Tranquilo de la Muerte. Sounds so much better. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but I, I think they're going to go with that still when Pac comes back. But I, I think this gives Pac two outs. Yeah. One is to rejoin with the Lucha Brothers, or the other is to just become even more deranged than he was before. But I don't know whether you'd want to turn him babyface, because to do that, you'd have to do that. See, I think they would bring Eddie babyface in the scenario. Or they just do an absolute... Because this is the way to do a heel versus heel, I generally thought. Um, there's a few things that I've, I can mention in the future of the show. But if I want to see a nitty-gritty heel versus heel, I want to see it where everybody in the ring is just hated. Um, and with Eddie and Butcher and the Blade, they're less hated as like the Lucha Bros and Pac because Pac is the ultimate heel. He is the bastard that's his name youtube you can't put us demonetizers because that's his name but we're not even getting money off you so we're going to continue um 
But this is where you can do it because any is good for being on that gray area that you've mentioned many, many a times, many shows previously. Uh, being in the person where you can root for him every now and again, but he, he can equally flip on the dime the next show or the angle afterwards to go back to heel. And you know me, Gary, secretly the butcher's like a face for me because of his apron. But we all know he's heel. Um, so the three versus three, to bring Pack back to go back into the singles is really nice to go into it. Or they just bring Pack back, even more deranged, with his face mask, ready to rip up the singles division. I would appreciate either or. I'm excited for the future. Yeah, I tweeted out last night the phrase, we just want the bastard back. We really and do. To me, that sums up the whole segment. And I know that's where it's going to go. Quarantine and everything's made it impossible so far, but it is going to get there. And when it does, heal or not, the 10%, 15% of crowd that's allowed in the arena, going to go mental. Yeah. yeah. And so um, am I. I'll, I'll, I'll be, be sat, right, watching my phone, right, or my TV, and I will jump up out of my seat, and I know I will. It is. It is. It's um, okay. So, for watching at home, and we know much as okay. I would say a lesser crowd. I do most of the popping in my house, and I have to be really quiet because I was watching this one last night. It's like late hours, early hours in the morning, uh, and every now and again, when something really exciting happened, I would go. Ah. And then like, it was like, I've lost breath because I wanted to like stay quiet. And that's what I'm going to do for all future stuff. So fantastic. So this led on to uh, a really, really decent mini promo. And I appreciate again, that the filling people into Dynamite that we haven't seen necessarily. Because we, we, we did say on the previews and we said mentionedly, uh, we mentioned previously in some reviews as well, like Kip Sabian and Flannelby Ford haven't been on Dynamite as much. They've been just mostly like on Dark doing the matches. So seeing him in here was much appreciated. It was a Dr. Britt Baker promo. She was telling her how she loves being a dentist and what all that. And the Kip and Ford were like smooching in the background. And they are at risk of a transmitted some sort of dentist disease because of human saliva. And since she's a role model, she's going to offer a um, special couple healthcare for the teeth if they help her with one little thing obviously the one little thing is big swall and then ford jumps the opportunity because who doesn't it's one year free dental healthcare i much appreciate my worker place give us uh, discounts and whatnot for healthcare one good thing they do um and then Breba, uh, Breba, Breba, Reba is quite excited for Ford to come on. And it's going to be a handicap match into next week, I believe. But we'll do that more in the preview. I'm glad to see Ford back. Uh, no, I'm glad to see Britt Baker back. And I'm glad to see that they're bringing all the characters into it slightly. Because I do believe ever since Sheeda and Ford's title match, Ford has been a bit off key, including Sheeda. They've been a bit like in the air. Uh, but we'll get on to Sheeda in in, later on in the show. What do you think about this mini segment? Glad to see Britt back into it all Britain Penny what more do you want <laughs> <laughs> well, I still love how she's in a wheelchair I generally do think we're going to mention it more in the preview she's she's going to come out in that yes. thing next week isn't she yeah, yeah. <laughs> if she's going to actually be an all out and she's going to be fully fit and well because she needs to be fully fit and well I don't want her to push her too soon um, she's going to just run out of the uh, wheelchair and beat um, swallow up much appreciated. Really enjoyed the little segment in between the breaks and whatnot. 
So next up was, I could not believe this happened, okay? So it was Orange Cassidy's interview. I don't want to speak about this, Gary. It was basically Chris Jericho coming out, offering a new match. I'll go into the nitty-gritty at the very end. Wow. What is it, okay? It is a, is it a Mimosa Mayhem match? Is that what it's called? A Mimosa Mayhem Mimosa. match. Jesus Christ. 80 gallons of, I think, orange juice with 500 cases of a little bit of the bubbly thrown into a tank. And Chris Jericho's made a matchup of if you get pinned, submitted, or thrown into that tank full of all that stuff, you win the match. Go for it, Gary. I can't wait for Jericho to end up in that that tank. I, do, oh. I really can't. <laughs> For outrageous stuff, for comedy segments. <laughs> this is what wrestling's all about, isn't it? It really is. For Okay, so I'm going to... Like pure stupidity, but I'm going to love every second of that, and I know I am. I'm not even ashamed. What? Jim Cornette, eat your heart out. This is where <laughs> wrestling is, and that's where it needs to stay. Bring it. One thing I appreciate about the empty, era, uh, empty arena era at the moment for all companies is every single company is bringing out an outrageous thing every pay-per-view they do. Obviously, WWE have a pay-per-view basically every three, two weeks, near enough. Um, well, they've they got have... one, to, one tonight and one next week, so there you go. it's even worse than that. They, they, they seem to bring out a ridiculous stipulation every time. Okay, Every company is doing it at the moment. We've had the stadium stampede. Um, for AEW, uh, which ended up with a bar fight, which WWE did also. They did an eye and knife match, they did a swamp fight. Was it briefcase on the roof? I can't remember what they mentioned, um, what they called it, but they've done some equally ridiculous stuff. And talking about equally ridiculous stuff, it's like a chess match for how much can Jericho outdo WWE style in AEW and get away with it. I really appreciate the little video vignette they did and the overview voice were basically saying the mastermind of uh, so on, so on. The demo guard has done it again. I really, really, really appreciate yeah, it. So I'm going to go through it a little bit. The overhyping in that video package yeah, is it, just, it's special, mate, but it's brilliant. Like, if you're going to go and do something like this, you've got to go and pardon the pump all in. Yeah. You can't, half arse it you just can't it's it's one of them things you're either all for or you're all against all in all out and despite <laughs> the name of the yeah. pay-per-view i'm precisely, all in for this one all precisely in. uh pay-per-view names and that's that's the point it's, it's really funny and the funny thing is as well like they can pun the um like name of the pay-per-view it's the match as well like all in all out because of the tank so um they hold the okay i'm gonna start from the beginning with the segments step by step because there's one tiny bit that some people may have missed that i really loved orange cassidy strap line when he came out when tony introduced him was he holds the debate and singles win over chris jericho really appreciate that he didn't say anything then jericho music hits with no inner circle <laughs> in the back of my mind i was thinking oh the inner circle are not with him because he might have had covid from his concert that he had um obviously he wouldn't be in the stadium if yeah, that it's happened. just like them seven people out of the yeah yeah i really 5, wanted uh, seven people out of 
1,000, I think. No, yeah, I think it was five. I can't remember figures, but it was only seven people that got it, which was actually quite amazing considering how bunched up they were. But we're not going to speak about that. And then Jericho comes out in his music with his Saturday Night Live special sort of jacket. Um, There's a tweet from Evil Uno on Twitter that said he needs to up his uh, jacket game, which I found hilarious. But he comes out with a little bit of the bubbly. Um, he should have staggered out a little bit more, like acting more drunk, I thought. But he congratulates, he congratulates Orange Cassidy. He's proud of Orange and he's learning from Jericho. He wants to toast Orange. But where he comes from, a one win versus one win, there has to be a third match. And we knew this were coming, really. Um, and then he basically said he wants to take the in-ring level to a, he wants to take the in-ring to a different level. He wants to do a special match because he is the one that created a special match with a briefcase and a ladder, and he wants his rubber match to be his new creation, which hence a Mimosa Mayhem match. And then the video, the if you've not seen the video again, please go and watch it again. It's just hilarious. The mastermind demo gods done it again. See it to believe it. Then the inner circle toast because they surround best friends and Orange Cassidy around the ring. And Jericho does the typical call the dogs, get them boys sort of thing. I really appreciate Jake Hager's new gear. That white and black really makes him look more professional than he was. I don't know why I wanted to add that in there. For some reason, I've got a soft spot for Jake Hager, even though he's not been fantastic. Um, and then Judas Fett and Orange, he falls. And he basically, my last note here on bullet points, um, and I sent this to you, Gary, which you basically just high-rolled to me. They did live waterboarding on TNT Saturday night with a little bit of the bubbly on Orange Cassidy. Live waterboarded. Jesus Christ. Yeah, of all the things that I thought I'd see when I went into this show, Live waterboarding was not the thing that, I, yeah, it, it it is something that you either love or hate. <laughs> I think no one loves waterboarding, Gary. I'll be very surprised, but I don't even. No, I, I mean, mean in, in terms of like from an entertainment value, you either have the morals to say I'm not really comfortable with this, or you have looking at it from the other side, going, "Well, they both agreed to it." Yeah, yeah, that, that's the main bit because content's there. That's all that matters. But love the segment, love where this is going. I hope now they don't actually do it in um, TNT, like not TNT in Daly's place. I want them to do it in the, either the stadium or somewhere where it can just get messy because we're going to see Jericho fall into it, or we're going to see Ortiz fall into it and do his "I can't swim" gimmick again. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Ortiz falling into... I, I don't care. I just want to see someone in the vat of Mimosa. <laughs> it will happen. It will happen. And going from an elite-style gimmick match to the elite in general versus the Dark Order. Um, the Dark Order have all the masks on this match. It was uh, three, four, and five, which is John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Angels, which is five. Um, and I really like Kenny and Five's chemistry throughout the whole match. They just really gelled well together, to be honest. But um, it was just a typical 3v3 type of match. Dark Order got quite more office in than I thought it was. Um, and then near the end, Dark Order got a chair. The referee weren't looking at him distracted, and they started beating Kenny up with a chair. And then Matt, they choked Matt with the arm tape from Silver. But 
in the end, the elite did the Meltzer driver, um, like a triple Meltzer driver where Kenny propped Nick up to Matt to do the driver on him. And then one winged angel on five. Then Kenny starts stressing at five whilst he's been pinned and then power bombs him about to power bomb him through a chair with the spike legs up. And then that's where the young bucks come in to help out and check out on Kenny because he is becoming that word for Moxley unhinged. And there was no hangman in all these segments. This was very nice and very um, good for the middle of the show. Didn't you think Gary? Uh, I appreciate that they're pushing Kenny's cleaner persona onto <laughs> the camera. Yeah, I've got several comments to make about this match. And in all fairness, I think I tweeted more about this match during this match than I did any other segment during the night, including the end. Yeah. Um, so, point number one, which you brought up, was all of Dark Order was wearing the masks this week. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> right? Not from a moral standpoint but from a gimmick standpoint they need to be wearing their masks more often it yeah, yeah, just feed, it feeds into the cultish sort of personalities of them all yeah um, but during that as well I just thought Colt Cabana's missing I'll be honest I forgot about him did you yeah Oh, all right. Fair enough. Fair I, I think it's because I had my eyes set on. I only have one person in my mind because I forgot about this match happening, even though we did the preview. Uh, when it showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that we're having the Elite versus Dark Order. Um, I forgot about everything Dark Order related because my vision was just on the main event with Brody Lee um, and yeah. Cody. And I think that's why I forgot about Colt. But thinking back at it, we'll go into it. We did see Anna J out of all people near the end. So where the hell would Colt carry on, Gary? Right, so we've got that. And then another person that was missing, which you briefly commented on, Adam Page. Mm. Right? Now, yeah, this gets resolved later, but right now, is it any wonder he's turned to drinking so heavily when his three best friends keep abandoning him like this? You could say, like, his three best friends and his, like, two new friends as well, necessarily, in that sort of way. But, yeah, again, solid point. It was... Even it if just Hangman makes was... it so much easier for FTR to manipulate him. Yeah, yeah, because with the empty arena sort of things as well, what you can see, we've seen how many times seen Frankie Kazarian like in the ring just watching some tag team matches going on. You could easily just basically this is where the kayfabe and like the real life wrestling stuff comes into it, where you could have easily just got Kenny could have easily just walked out and watched him, watched his friend, but he didn't make the effort, and Kenny didn't make the effort of Hangman to come out either necessarily. So, yeah, another fantastic point in the whole Kenny and Hangman storyline, best wrestling storyline in the last decade, I would believe. For me. Yeah, I'd go so far as to say it's the best wrestling storyline since probably CM Punk and the Summer of Punk. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, that was just I in the decade. I would go that so, far. Yeah. Yeah. I would go that far. Um, just because I'm enjoying it unfold, because by the end of tonight, I still don't know who's turning on who. <laughs> I've got um, a prediction for you, Gary. I, we'll get into it after. I do have a feeling, though, that it's Kenny. 
I've got I really okay. do. Whilst we're here, then I'll tell you mine. I think that no one's turning on no one until we go into the match of the singles one of Ed Kenny and Hangman. And what they're going to do in the match, they're going to overbook it, but to the overbooking sense of enjoyment of it's just going to be themselves that are overbooked. A few people are going to come in like down to the ring, like FDR or after the horseman at that time. Um, like Young Bucks are going to come down to the ring. Yeah, I don't think Cody will, but the Dark Order may because you've got that Brody Leela sort of incline. But in the match, I want them to have a 30-minute banger singles match or a 25-minute banger. And every five minutes, they change. So heel, face, heel, face, heel, 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 face, 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 heel, face, heel, face. And then at the end, whoever's the winner is the heel. <laughs> I don't think we'll see... They'll kick off with each other, but they'll both do it with the same persona. They'll both be faces whilst they're arguing with each other, and they'll both be heels whilst they're arguing with each other because they are extremely on the grey areas. It's such a good storyline, and it's mental that we've gone straight into them two. And the Young Bucks and the Dark Order did a great job in this match. I thought every single performer did their job extremely well. I even enjoyed Alex Reynolds, and it's usually Silver that I love in these sort of matches. Uh, but no, every little thing. And I like that the Dark Order were doing more heel tactics, like using the chair, choking out with the tape. They're really, really, really motivated because their master is in that title picture. Good little match, that one. Yeah, because you could also think that Kenny's actions after the match, unlike when he snapped at Mark or stunt, mm. right? These ones were actually justified. <laughs> Because if you think about it, you are going to get angry at someone that keep repeatedly hits you with a chair and <laughs> then threatens to like break your bones with the same chair. You're going to get angry. So him taking out his anger after the match isn't actually that big of a step. But Kenny, if you're listening, do it. <laughs> Embrace the cleaner. Do it. Oh, it's Do it so, now. Yeah, it's so good though, because everything. I'm into... wanting to rush the story or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> everything just interwines and like it's woven between each other. It's just such, such brilliant, phenomenal, juicy booking. Um, deep, deep, deep booking. It's brilliant. Going into more Hangman and Kenny. Um, and FDR Tully, they had the interview. Um, there's a sort of gauntlet match. So just refresh me, Gary, because I might have got the teams wrong here. They're describing there's going to be a gauntlet match, I believe, next week in Dynamite, where it is Young Bucks versus is it Natural Nightmares they're going against? I think so, yeah. Um, um, is, yeah. yeah, and then Best Friends and is it FDR? Yeah. Isn't it that in that order as well? I think so. So it's like one follows on from the other. Um, so you progress through the stages and FTR are like the main bosses because they're ranked number one. Yeah, yeah. So they were describing that. We'll go through the gauntlet uh, more in detail in the preview when we've got, more, um, when we've got the definite information because I've just basically put the notes here. I'm not Googling either, um, to be honest. 
Uh, I might do when Gary's speaking. Not to ignore you, Gary, but just to get off facts, right? You know, for obvious. Oh, yeah, totally him. ignore me. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> but no, no, no. They were just describing until he got the mic, he started speaking again. He wants the best to learn from the best. That's why FTR, right? They're, they're almost, almost, almost over the threshold to become the best and when they are, they will be the best. Then suddenly, Handman, like, you can start hearing him in the background. Obviously, he shows up with a drink. Um, he interrupts them all. They're all like, oh, tell him to relax, tell him to relax. Then the angle moves to FTR and Hangman, so you don't see Tully. You can hear him in the background. Um, and then basically it's Cash that says, it's all about business, why we took out the Rock and Roll Express. Um, they turned the backs on FTR. That's why we had to take them out. That's why we had to fake the injury because Hangman wanted answers for it. And what the Young Bucks said and Kenny have said about the FTR, um, the couldn't trust them, et cetera, et cetera. And then the only two men that came to check on Dax while he was injured, they're right here, which were Cash and Hangman. Uh, and then they talk about the gauntlet match, what's going on. And FDR basically said, it's all about business, uh, Hangman. When we win this gauntlet match, we will be against you and Kenny, but it's nothing personal, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really good that they're controlling him so, so well. It's like they're getting him drunk in a way. It's hilarious. And then Tully, right at the end, with a twinkle in his eye, just basically says, fear the revel- revolution, revelation, revolution, revelation, revelation, revelation. Yeah, it's why all biblical. Oh, why have I said revolution? Is that because it was the name? Revelation. No, it's fear of the revelation. Yeah, yeah. it's all biblical. Um, Perfect. So you think of the four horsemen, it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You think of the revelation, you think Bible. So it's all sort of connecting piece by piece. Like I yeah. said earlier, building blocks. Again, another angle that I absolutely love. It is, and it's it all is. connected to each other. And that's what I love about it as well. It's like a spider's web just being built. And trying to figure it out is like trying to unwind the spider's web. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's almost impossible. And that's why I like wrestling. Because when it's layered storytelling or done over time, you become invested. And when you're invested, you can enjoy things. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. It's, this angle is just amazing. I really appreciate as well that they did. It was mental. It didn't feel like a two-hour show. I felt like I watched a three-hour show. And uh, it's not because of the breaks and whatnot. You could say because I usually watch on Fire TV. I can fast-forward through like a little bit of the breaks, breakouts. But I use that usually to go and get a drink and stuff. So it's like a normal show. But because it was so packed, so many promos, so really a lot of matches, even though they're quite quick, it just felt like a three-hour show. I felt like I was watching Raw back in its heyday, in a way. Um, the quiet style of it. It was just beautiful. So just for my facts, Gary, for you, we'll go through the preview. Um, Gauntlet match, obviously. FTR are not involved. They're the ones that will be facing the winners. It's me being stupid. Um, best Friends is second place. Books are third. Natural Nightmares are fourth in the rankings. So it's Natural Nightmares and Young Books against each other. And then yeah. whoever wins that goes against best friends. Then whoever wins that will get to go and face FTR. Yeah, you so that's pretty much what I thought then. Yeah, you can't be having FTR and books on a TV match, can you? No, so you'd expect F- FTR to be facing best friends, wouldn't you? Because books aren't going to lose the first round in that as well. Because they keep losing. <laughs> like, do you know when it comes to getting towards these tag titles? Yeah. And I think one more in, in search of these titles 
it might do a little bit of damage this time. So they've got to at least get a win first and then lose because they're too tired, etc. Right? That I can understand that. That's fine. It's forgivable. But please don't let them lose first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think they would because if you get beaten by the natural nightmares, that's just ooh, that's hideous. I would not like that. Not like to see that. Even if it is like a screwy finish as well, wouldn't like to see it at all. Um, I've got some thoughts about that. Uh, them too anyway, because they're just there as filler as a tag team. Appreciate the work. I thought Dustin looked really well earlier in the night, but um, yeah, it's it's very unusual and it's really weird for me to call because I don't know how it's going to play out at all because I still want my triple threat tag team match for the tag team titles. I don't want it just to be FTR, Kenny Omega and Hangman at all. I want it all three of them for some reason. Just proper feed fuel to the fire because you can have it in the match 2v2v2v2 two v two v two v two. then you can have a 3v3 style type of match as well in the 2v2 style match. Then you can have a singles match in an odd way where you've got three people in the ring oh it's just well good i would book it we'll speak about it more in the preview really appreciate that interview and i love it how tully is back into dynamite main view now delicious stuff going from one delicious angle to an extremely equally delicious angle darby allen versus uh, an enhancement talent will hob i appreciate the pit will hob because he's similar size to Brian Cage as such. He's like the in-between of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, like size-wise. Um, and his work's actually not too bad if you've seen him on Dark as well. Uh, but Darby basically takes out his legs. Um, I think he's had a match with Hobbs previously, if I'm thinking rightly. But takes out his legs. He's much, much smaller than Hobbs anyway, so he has to use his speed. Um, Taz mentions halfway through the match that Hobbs eats meals bigger than Darby, which I find hilarious. Darby did a stunner springboard elbow to the coffin drop for the one two three and this is the angle we wanted gary take it away yeah so ricky starks comes out and cuts a promo in the style of darby allen and it was all emo all skater boy and just ripping the entire emo culture apart and in turn, obviously, ripping Darby Allen apart. <laughs> and now I want to see him win everything. It's mental. I, want to I had see the him same win the world. I had the same feeling after it. I appreciate that he put the effort in the face mask and all that. Not face mask, like the face paint. The paint. Came out with the yeah. skateboard as well. Like him and Darby, promo wise, even though Darby hasn't spoken as much, instant chemistry because Ricky. Every time he speaks, he gets better and better and better. We talked about like the name speakers, and Ricky's getting massively up there. He outdid Eddie Kingston for me today. It was fantastic, and I really enjoyed it as well because it's weird that we've gone through that Cage versus Darby angle, and Cage looks really weak now to Starks because Starks has got the promo game with him because Brian Cage had to use Taz, and I appreciate that Taz keeps calling him Team Taz so he can expand them where need be. Um, when I thought gauntlet matches, I generally thought it was going to be Darby going through a gauntlet match, not the tag team teams. Because I thought Darby would have to go through Brian Cage and Starks together like in a night or something because Taz, like I say, is destroying Even a handicap match style. But no, I just want to see a single star Single star, a singles match between Starks and Darby Allen, 
quite similar to what we had with Sammy and Darby Allen in the last pay-per-view. It was a revolution they were at uh, when they fought. Um, that sort of star match, just high adrenaline-filled, five-minute, nine, five to eight-minute match. I can't wait, and I'm glad they overtook Starks and Brian because use Starks at the pay-per-view match, then use Brian as your mid-season finale going on to Darby's next feud. Um, impressive. Love Ricky Starks now. Give him everything. Yeah, they're building Team Taz up fairly nicely. And I still think there's going to be more members added to that over time. Just stack stack the cards up against Darby Allen as much as you possibly can. And the way that Taz was talking on commentary, Will Hobbs wouldn't be a bad choice. Because the times I've seen him either on Dark or Dynamite, he's actually played his role really well. Yeah, I think he deserves sort of more of a focus. I agree, because you can use Brian and Will in a mini tag team as well if you wanted to. Like yeah. Brian and Hobbs, like the beefy boy tag team, quite interesting. And because you've got one person that can speak in the group, which is Ricky, and you've got one person that can speak outside the group, you don't need many other spokesmen because you've got somebody that can do it in the ring and then you've got somebody that does it on commentary for you all the time. That Again, Taz has been superb on um, commentary throughout all the weeks he's replaced uh, Excalibur. It's been phenomenal. So they need to rejig that uh, commentary team up every now and again just to keep it a bit fresh. Appreciate it. Well done, Taz. Hats off for you, as Gio would say. Um, but that as a group now is great, great stuff because... For me, it was all about cage, 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 cage. And he's got his title and whatnot because he absolutely face-planted Derby with the FTW title. Um, but if you keep adding members on there, this is where you can get rid of Inner Circle in the future. You've got Dark Order. You're going to get the Four Horsemen because we're going we're gonna to have that in the future, aren't we? And you've got Team Taz, three really good heel groups. Outstanding stuff. Um, Top-notch again. This is why the show is extremely impressive. Everything so far is just been superb and the reflection and the joke is on you clown is a quote quotation from starks so going from this angle to another angle did you see this gary because i'm unsure if this was on break for you did you see the sammy and matt stuff yeah what tnt did really well last night was that they put all of the breaks in like minicam oh yeah these so splits. they had the adverts on one side and the minicam sort of footage on the other so yes, I did see that. I did see this right down to the cards, and the cards. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you go through it. And I thought the cards were the most inspired part about it. So Sammy came out with his usual cue cards. Um, he starts like doing his jokey, uh, cocky mannerisms um, with the cards itself, and then they change colour suddenly. And I'm thinking that's not Sammy's writing. And then the commentators pick it up, and I went, "Oh, okay, I see what's going on here. What the writing was basically, Matt." Um, delivering a message, Matt Hardy, delivering a message to Sammy through the card saying he's going to be deleted. So Sammy gets all shocked. He goes from like heel to like a mini face sort of um, persona because Matt comes out really angry, comes out with a chair, starts hitting Sammy with a chair. Then he goes under the ring and finds that really beefy, like Brian Cage style chair because it's got muscles on muscles. The one that hit <laughs> Matt over the head and cut him open. He was about to hit Sammy with it. But Sammy gets thrown into this table. Looks really genuinely hairy. He has to get uh, cornered off by Aubrey Edwards and um, the doctor. Not Britt Baker, the actual doctor. Uh, 
Hey, and... Britt Baker is an actual doctor. Thank sorry, you very much. sorry, sorry. She's going to rip me to shreds now. But no, you know what I mean. I forgot what the guy's name is. So apologies for who the actual in-ring doctor is there. Okay, sorry, no, the guy that looks after him, doctor, not the teeth doctor. Sorry, Gary, I can <laughs> see you give me evils through this, even though we're not on camera. But it was weird. It went from Matt being extreme heel to Sammy being quite face. But no, 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 I appreciate this angle. They're heating up really well. They're not giving it too much time. They're just giving it a few minutes here and there because I did get bored of this eventually, um, right at the very beginning when that stupid false finish came when Matt threw Sammy on the top rope to lose the match. But I like what they're doing now. They're just giving it a few minutes here and there, ready for the match at all out. Quite excited for it now. Not too excited for other matches, but I'm going to look forward to it. I'm not going to like be on my phone whilst I'm watching it sort of thing. Yeah. The cards, right? So the cards reminded me of um, Edge and Kurt Angle. Um, just basically where Edge is showing Kurt Angle a bunch of photos and on the back of it, it's just constant insults every single time that they picked up a picture. And it just, the cards reminded me exactly of that because no matter what, Sammy didn't realise until about three quarters of the way through the, like the changed cards that they were changed. Yeah. And they were just insults and then you will be deleted, etc, etc. In a very sort of broken universe kind of way but then like Matt Hardy the like multiple personality Matt Hardy turned up and when he did that was brutal it was and I, it's just oh, it's just really good but this segment wasn't as awful as good as the next segment that came out because it was quite of a shock so a nice little prediction that Gary did in our uh, How to Improve the F uh, Women's Division came slightly true. So the first person we saw, well, actually it wasn't the person, it was the NWA Championship we saw first. So anybody inclined that knows about that um, promotion and championship knew exactly who was holding it. And it was Thunder Rose. And just, I love her face, face mask, uh, face makeup stuff. It's like Darby Allen great stuff and I appreciate it as well it's on like the opposite sides of Darby Allen so if they ever did like an intergender tournament them two ask me together just for the face face makeup <laughs> but she calls Sheeda out she wants to bring the women's division to the next level and as you can see here she's won a championship so she's coming for Sheeda's championship my last note on this segment that I Gary is damn yep Ron Simmons said it right there <laughs> um, good, I'm very glad they did it Nothing much we could talk about it I'm happy your prediction came up Gary And I'm really happy that they're not going down The Nyla Rose route It was a nice little surprise to me Yeah, Nyla would have been a bit boring A bit of an anti-climax at, at this moment in time Maybe in about four or five months But not quite now Yeah, uh, I don't think I want to see that for a little while Agreed, but agreed Thunder Rosa uh, I can't argue with I had like the biggest smile on my face while I was watching this promo she cut a fantastic pre-recorded promo the fans are going to go mental when they watch this and I know that right now the women's division might not be saved just yet but like Thunder Rosa says 
She's on her way to save herself, and by way of doing that, she will save everything else. It is. It's going up and up and up, and I really appreciate what they're doing because they're adding extra effort because it goes into the Diamante Ivelisse Nightmare Sisters uh, match now for the Tag Team Tournament um, trophy from the Deadly Draw that was on the Mondays, and they did the final. At least they give us the final on Dynamite. Much, much appreciated. And Vida Stott as well, who was the commentator on the YouTube channel, um, was live as well with JR, Taz, and Tony, which uh, I really, really thought she did an okay job. Nothing spectacular, but not dreadful either. She did her job very, very well. So much appreciated. So this match, Gary, I did enjoy it. And I love the end. I have nothing bad to say about this except for one tiny, tiny, tiny thing, which is nothing major, not even bad for it. Well, how are your thoughts in this match? Ali deserves better. That was the first thing you sent me as well. She does, um, I think because she's been brought away from the Butcher and the Blade, they're trying to put it more in like the division itself. It yeah. sort of rolled into one. I'll quickly go through the match. Brandy comes out with the action figures, like, oh, showing off, showing off. Ali's like, oh, okay. And then um, uh, Dustin's like pumping them up. And then... He actually uses the action figures on camera and makes them fight, which I found hilarious. Ivelisse, uh ring gear, I thought was phenomenal. It looked really, really smart. She looked badass in the ring. Um, Brandy was very heelish throughout the match. There was one part where she did the spear on Diamante, and then um, Ali does the rabbit hole in Diamante. That's where you thought the win was coming, but no, no, no. Ivelisse breaks it up. Then an absolute... Beast of an uppercut from Diamante on uh, Ali, which, oh, I heard it from my house all the way from America. Phenomenal. Um, but this is the bit that annoyed me. QT Marshall came on the rope trying to distract. Get him away. Get him away. It's all about the women. I know he's got a mini storyline to do with Ali, but no, stop it. Okay. I get that um, Kip Sabian would do it for Ford, but he's allowed to. Okay. Because them two are a great wrestling couple. Never mind QT Marshall and Ali. F them off. Um, and then basically Brandy gets put over the ropes and Ali gets pinned from a really good move from Ivelisse and one, two, three, they win. And Medusa comes out uh, and they get given flowers, but they throw the flowers to the floor, which I really liked because of all the women hold power aspects of it. They really showed the women's divisions here to stay and here to get better now. And they hold up their country flags for the win. I really enjoyed the match and I appreciate the, I was right on this one, Gary. I'm sorry to rub in your face that they give this match time. I appreciated yes, it. But, but, right, at least half of that time was in an advert break. Sorry, you don't have to be pedantic. Right. So, <laughs> in all fairness, if you're going to turn around and rub it in my face, I'm going to throw it back at you. And 100%, okay. I know who it annoyed because I got a, a, a message last night, right, during this from one of my close friends who presents another podcast, Nitro Gem podcast on all good podcast providers. Please check Go it out. Go for it. Please check it out. Um, but yeah. And he turned around and he sent me a tweet that Medusa had sent out, just ripping it to shreds because it went on an advert break. Ooh. And I still have to say this. It's true. She's right. The advert break wasn't needed. Yes, give it. they gave it seven, eight minutes, which was two or three times as long as I, I thought and probably about what you said it would be, Jed. Mm. 
but use it right. <laughs> it is. I I get why because it's the second to last match. They always um, slam a break in there, and they didn't want to put a break in the main event, obviously. So they had to reduce it to this. So I get why they did it, and yeah, it's a very important match for the women's division. But I think because of the hype with the Thunder Rosa, I'm going to give it a pass. I know a lot of people may disagree with me, and I'm going to disagree with you here, Gary. I'll give it a pass for that time because me and you did expect, we did expect a break for it. But The thing is, though, right, you could just cut it before the entrance, go on an advert break, and then bring it back straight after the entrances. You've got the entrances on, on the split screen anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think... They, they wouldn't have done that anyway because you know what Brandy's like promotional stuff she wanted to sell it figures didn't she and I think they're trying to push the angle but yeah, yeah I do understand where you're coming from you didn't really need to see their entrances but then again this and is where we're, we're going to we can have this argument also, for our, uh, forever right. absolutely um, so we'll have to agree to disagree on this right? <laughs> but do you not think right that Ali right is like a I left out j- jigsaw puzzle piece in all of this at the minute. Yes. And that she'd be better off if maybe there was some form of reunion with a couple of people. Not a reunion, a group she can join because she keeps getting beat and she wants to beat up Brandy, but we'll get into that at the very, very end. Yeah, that's but what I'm thinking. Of. Clearly, if you beat up Brandy, you've got to be the biggest face in the company. Yeah, which is really unusual. It's mental, but um, which is a hint for later. Okay, that is fine. But um, just back on to the entrances. I don't think they want to reduce the entrances because they want to give the important side of the women to say, "Oh, we are giving them time for it." But yes, if ideally they shouldn't give a break to it. And having a big, big star tweeting out about it, which I didn't know about, is ooh, a bit of a red flag for yeah, Tony. Especially the one that's it. presenting the trophy. Correct. So hopefully, like, I did that. notice that she seemed like she was faking a smile when she was out there, yeah. and there we go. There's the truth. So she's she's um, volunteered her place to save the women's division, and do you know what? For a nostalgia pop, I'd love to see one more match from her, <laughs> or even just just a few of her moves, like on a few people, just saying, "Get this division sorted out." Anybody that doesn't sort it out, I'm gonna like drop you. <laughs> it would just be tough. Yeah. Or if she was like a mini like authority figure. And I know we don't like authority figures on AEW. But someone that can just rally the women's division as a whole. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you could have a mini storyline where, uh, I know we're getting deep into this, but where Kenny, because he's the one that's running the women's division technically. I know a lot of people are helping him out and stuff. But because he's going to go unhinged with the cleaner stuff, someone needs to come in to replace him. And then that's where you can have like Medusa come in and basically say, you two are going to have a match. Like She doesn't need to be on it much, does she? She just needs to have like a minute, two minutes. A bit like Teddy Long does in WWE every now and again. You know when he was manager? Just when he comes up. Yeah. Um, just that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a great idea, Gary, to be honest. And you should tweet that out and send it directly to Tony. Get in the ideas. Get him our contracts. Get us on that writing team. So... To finish it off, Gary, okay? To finish it off, it was a title match of Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes. The floor is yours. This was a lot shorter than I thought it would be. It was spectacular booking. 
and proves that the writing staff at AEW know exactly what they're doing. Well, the wrestlers. The writing staff, the wrestlers, the production company. Yeah, we've gone so far with the Dark Order in the last 12 months or eight months even that we've gone from literal break time to must-see TV. And it's all revolved around one character. I'm telling you, Vince McMahon made a very big mistake when he pissed off the one formerly known as Luke Harper. (laughs) Yes, and how they made him look like a monster. Okay, I'm sorry to use someone's gimmick here, the monster among men. They actually officially give the title to somebody and actually made it look like that. It was was a squash match. So Brody came out. Do you not think that that was another, another shot, by the way? Yes, I, I thought it was. Um, Especially with the main event on SmackDown angle being what it is right now. Yeah, yeah. It's just fantastic booking from every direction that you look at it. But it, it's, it's unusual because they are going against NXT as well. You could, you, you, it's like a taking a shot at the carrying cross. And, yeah, the TikTok, TikTok yeah. time's up. Yeah. yeah. It's... Um, it's it's so, this is why it's so leveled really well. So I'll quickly go through it, Gary, and then we'll have. I also, on that point, can I just say, I love the fact that they both won titles last night. Because I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of these AEW fans that'll just poop all over NXT for no reason. Karrion Cross is like my favourite character on that show. And the fact that he's now like ruling everything on there. Go for it, lad. Just, Keep getting better, mate. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Right, so back to AEW. It started off with Brody Lee coming out. He had much more menacing gear than he usually did. Still with his white coat, though. But they really sorted out his actual gear that he wears. It looks much, much better. It's Cody's ninth um, defense run in his TNT. Uh, ninth title defense. And basically, right at the beginning of the match, Cody brings, uh, Cody brings it to Brody. But Brody just basically drop kicks Cody and throws him out of the ring and absolutely destroys him there and then. And he looks mental. His eyes tells the story right away. He goes through the uh, face side of the ring. So where all the face wrestlers are that watch and cheer along, he goes through there, rips into shreds, throws chairs, destroys tables, destroys the barricade. He looked like an absolute monster. Cody, okay, is a big, tall guy. He looks small with Brody. For some reason, Brody looked seven plus feet tall. He looked like an Undertaker-esque type of character. Not necessarily that because it's two different personas, but you know what I mean. It was, yeah, he made Cordy look like um, like a Jungle Boy or a Darby Allen. Yeah, it, it was mental. He made he made Cordy look like me going against Brody. And I'm six foot, five eleven, quite as skinny as probably Darby and Orange. But it's basically a squash match. And Disco Lariat to win. And when he hit the Disco Lariat, I was thinking... He can't. They, they have to win. He has to win. He can't kick out of the discus because It makes Brody look weak, even though it's basically a squash. One, two, three. The win. And then they celebrate. So the Dark Order come out and celebrate. Tony runs the ring. Well, not run. He gets to the ring straight away, and they do an interview on Brody. Whilst Cody's in the ring, getting um, patched up by the ambulance on a stretcher and whatnot, 
and Brody basically says, no one believed it. No one believed the Dark Order could win. No one believed I could win. You've created this monster. And he pointed down at Cody at that time. Um, really appreciate it. And then whilst Cody's getting conned off, all the Dark Order on the um, entranceway. And Owen Anderson starts firing the Dark Order. And then he gets outnumbered. And Brody Lee takes out Owen with a kick to the stomach. And then Brandy comes out going, oh, what have you done, blah, 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 because Brody's tipped over the stretcher because Cody's on the floor now with, like, um, neck brace and et cetera on him. And she gets choked out by Anna Jay. And all we see at the end is the Rhodes family, including Owen, on the floor, still, not lifeless, but you know what I mean, still unconscious-esque with Brody Lee holding the title, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, right behind him what a phenomenal phenomenal must see tv don't miss dynamite ever even when they reschedule it on a different day i'll tell you something gary i did tweet this morning i had a dream about this last night i had a dream when i was recapping it in my head ready for this preview today or review today of i got ambushed off the dark order and they nicked my car keys so it followed me into my dreams, Gary. It followed me into my dreams. <laughs> and that's how you know it was a great angle. It's, that's death booking for you when it follows you into your dreams. <laughs> it, it's the Dark Order. They've got this mysticism about them that would end up being like a Freddy Krueger sort of thing going on. <laughs> so I get, I get how that would happen. Um, I'm not one that remembers my dreams very often, I'll be honest with you. But that if I did remember that, that would be... Next level. <laughs> That's it. Evil Udo's going to go into dreams and advertise join the Dark Order now in the next BTE stuff. <laughs> yeah, they can't quite be booked that way anymore, can they? <laughs> um, at least wow. they're going chilies, though. Because they said... Uh, That's true. If, that if is they win, true. They're going um, great ending to a great show, did you think, Gary? Yeah, I've got a, f- a few things to unpack about this. Um, so, Cody on a stretcher. Just like his dad always was put on a stretcher by four horsemen, but that's going back 30 years, and we'll forget about that for the nostalgia. (laughs) Right? Then you've got him sort of leaving the ring as as the interview's taking place, and Brody Lee, you've created this monster, right? Just like Bray Wyatt created Braun Strowman. Yeah. Right. Then you've got <laughs> you've got the the orange standing up for the Rods family moment and I was just like cringing. Oh no. I, I knew what was coming and I tweeted out What do you think you're doing beating up on Anderson, you bastards? <laughs> I I couldn't help it and I tweeted directly to Evil Uno about that. Absolute get <laughs> Don't be beating up Orange. Orange's going to do something stupid. Like, think what's the point in standing up for the Rhodes family from now on? If it just gets him beat up. Yeah, it's just interwoven so, so, Tully can manipulate that situation so well, and I can't wait for it. It is. And then then you've got the Anna Jay and... Brandy moment, who Brandy, who 
half an hour earlier, biggest heel ever, can't stand, no one can stand her, apparently. Um, I'm not one of them people, I'm kind of indifferent to her. But the rest of the IWC can't stand her. She'd been healing it up in the ring, so I'm guessing the casual fans can't stand her, right? And then she becomes self-obsessed, and then she gets chalked out by Anna Jay, who is actually kind of likable. <laughs> yeah, she is. It's mental right? that you Which is really awful, because I shouldn't be cheering for Anna Jay at this moment in time. Every conventional bit of booking on that segment alone tells me Cheer for Brandy, boo Anna J. But I can't. And I feel like this is MJF and Moxley all over again. But on like a much more clear scale for me. <laughs> it's a deeper level because the whole Dark Order, you don't, you shouldn't be cheering for him, but we are. Okay, I want to oh, Brody to win. We, yeah, well, you just need to go to the preview and the outlandish predictions video to know that I wanted that but I never saw that it would be a clean finish that that to me was the outlandish prediction if you remember <laughs> I'm just, it's just that's another statement though again that's another dig we've done this to a big baby face that has made this title prestigious and we've done him clean over a high chance I'm making up a word here for him because he does, make, he does deserve a new word. Like high jank kick. So high gigantic and a few other things mixed in there. Heel. Um, that people shouldn't be cheering for. But ever since he joined the company, you just compare him to Matt Hardy because they joined at the same time. He's done so much more. So, so, so much more. And he's phenomenal. Okay. For anybody that's thinking it, no, AEW are not pushing all the WWE guys. And no... AEW doesn't bury their big guys because they refuse to bury the big guys. It's, it's both, okay? So, Brody Lee deserves it. They're proving a point against WWE. They're not pushing all the WWE guys because Brody Lee is just amazing in itself. And the fact that they're making these WWE guys at the beginning have titles is they can have a mini storyline down the line where they're going to use like the new AW talent against them. It's smart to him and he deserved the title to be honest. And he can have feuds with many, many different people now that is going to be amazing with Brody Lee because imagine I'm going to throw a few names out there for you. We're going to have the one name because he goes into every title feud apparently, but Darby Allen versus Brody Lee is going to be absolutely insane. Hangman versus Brody Lee is going to be absolutely insane. Um, and every other name. So, everybody, please, now, I'm just going to finish it here because I don't, I, we're going to go deep into it in probably our own individual talk or even in the preview. This was an amazing show. I am very, very knackered. I'm going to go and play snooker after this just to relax me. Um, I'm very glad I get to watch it live, especially with Gary. We were chatting about it all the way through. We did an, an outlandish predictions video about what will Brody Lee do with the title before we knew Brody Lee was going to win the title, okay? You need to go and watch it now because the more I think about my outlandish prediction, the more I don't think it's outlandish, okay? The more I don't think it's outlandish, go and watch it and we will discuss it in the review of the next week's Dynamite because I generally think they need to carry on making this title prestigious and it's the perfect way of doing so. That is me, Gary. Is there anything you want to add? 
yeah, I just want to say, right, in, in a, addition to your list of potential challengers, and as the sign-off to this video, Brody Lee, Marcos Stunt, <laughs> book it now. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he's going to win the title, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, hashtag outlandish but much appreciate guys so thank you for listening um, if you are listening to us through any of your um, anywhere you get your podcast from please continue to do so we, we do release much much more than we have done in the last few weeks me and Gary are getting really really into this you've probably seen a few of our different branding sort of stuff but please could you just go over to YouTube even if you are listening to it on a normal podcast and just click subscribe we do need the more subscribers because again as I've mentioned many 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 times before you're probably bored to listening of me mention it we are doing this part-time so we do need subscribers if we want to make this full-time or make it more of a part-time job because we love doing this for you all um, I really really am entertained uh, doing all the mini videos and mini talks about absolutely everything uh, but we'll see you next time Enjoy your rest of your weekend. It's probably Sunday for a hell of a lot of you now. And we'll speak to you next week. Dynamite is on Thursday this week. For everyone to remember, me and Gary will probably do a review on Tuesday night, UK time. Much appreciated. Join the Dark Order. Goodbye.